0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wrestling With Statistics, the only show that looks at the world of professional wrestling through the lens of stats, analytics, everything in between. I am your host, Ryan Nates. Nice. And with me, as always, is the man behind Pro Wrestling Musings himself, Craig. Craig, first off, I want to know how you're doing, uh, especially coming off of the, as many on the Internet reported, the end of All Elite Wrestling, uh, officially. So uh, in ter- now, that, now that All Elite Wrestling is over... How, how are you feeling, Craig?
1: Yeah, so um, All the Wrestling isn't dead. Um, it was not up to their normal standards. All Out was a decent show. It did not hit the five-star match quality that it has done before. Not All Out in particular, but other AEW pay-per-views. And we are all going to be able to get over that in time because... We should have enough trust in AEW by now that it should be fine. What do you think of the situation, Ryan?
0: Craig, for, I don't even know what you're talking about. The I read the internet. I was on Twitter the entire time the show was going on. All the wrestling's over. Why are you saying that? Like, oh, it's fine. I mean, it's over, buddy. What are you talking about? Sure. <laughs> that's that's that was the reaction I was trying to trying to get. Uh, <laughs> all out, like you said, it was fine. It was, I and I think a lot of the internet backlash has been specifically from the fact that it was just fine.
1: Um, yeah, like we I, we we um we also don't like when men's heads bounce off concrete and they're still allowed to finish wrestling matches um after a 100 second medical check, and that that you know that's something that people are a bit confused about and um yeah i i I, yeah i think confused about that is the word to use neither of us are a doctor unless you've been keeping that very quiet
0: yeah i i've been uh i have my degree on the on the wall behind me but but it's like shrouded in like just a picture of like shibata's face um i don't know why i picked shibata but that's who i picked i think it's because i have his towel right above me um You've never seen this. I just realized you've never seen this wall right in front of me, Craig. Right in front, right no. in front of me, strewn up on the, the wall here is the Shibata wrestler towel. Uh, just It's just beautiful up there. And I look up there to remind myself that I don't want to mess of Shibata or he'll kick the ever-loving sh- butt out of me. Um, or use too many headbutts. Too many headbutts. Speaking of headbutts, uh, I had no transition. But, yeah, it, it was – and I think that's what – people you need know are frustrated about is that it was a fine pay-per-view. I wouldn't say this is a bad pay-per-view in any capacity. I think the matches, the match quality themselves was fine. The storytelling I liked for the most part. And mm-hmm. what really just blew the whole wind out of the sails of the show is the multiple scares back to yeah. back to back. Um, in the course of less than an hour um, maybe less than thirty minutes. Now that I'm looking at this, potentially less than thirty minutes, and we've yeah, had we had uh, three scares. Yeah. Cause, uh, thirty forty minutes. Casino Battle Royal match was 21 minutes, and the Broken Rules match was six minutes. So that means in less than 30 minutes, we had the Darby Allen scare, the uh, Matt Seidel scare, and the Matt Hardy scare. So a lot, a lot of it was like that's terrifying, and then the entire time just looking at twit, tw- uh, Twitter to fight, figure out things. You get Tony Schiavone talking about like, oh, he's fine. And we're all like, how is he fine? Um, I did, I did like the idea that like, uh, you know, if if this is a work, then chalk it up to the greatest work of all time. But uh, it did not. The guy had was purple. I don't know. I'm not like I said. I'm not. A, we're not a doctor here. But like that doesn't look good. Um, but yeah, yeah um,
1: I mean, he 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 couldn't he couldn't stand up. He fell over repeatedly. Um it wasn't good. Um Aubrey Edwards obviously wanted to cut things immediately. Um don't know what that process was, but she was signaling several times in the process.
0: Is there and I don't want to like maybe we should talk about more of the Brett, Matt Hardy stuff, but I feel like we're talking about it basically the Matt Hardy match stuff now. And I don't think this is being talked about, and I'm just remembering this now. The, the the fact of whether or not he got a concussion is whatever, I guess. It's not whatever. It's It's very important because there's the idea. But this isn't the first time this has happened in this promotion. Remember the... I believe it was Fight Fighter Fest fight for the mm. fallen pay-per-view where yeah. B Priestley concussed uh Britt Baker and that match continued despite Britt Baker getting con- a concussion.
1: Yeah, and she she was she was quite messed up and, and went visually for a tag in visually the, messed up. Yeah, she went for a tag in the wrong corner.
0: And then throughout the rest of the match visually messed up. De- I would not I would say yeah. definitely not as bad as Matt Hardy mm-hmm. ap- appeared to look. But concussed find out afterwards concussed match did not end here match ends but restarts and then who knows how many potential other concussions could have happened throughout this promotion you know i you, you know you look to the moxley omega match at full gear who knows if there was a concussion in there it was a you know unsanctioned match who would have, who could have guessed or any other match that could have happened it's it's wrestling concussions happen all over the place probably but uh there this isn't New now that I'm thinking about it, and that makes me more upset because this isn't new, is someone getting concussion and continuing the match. Um maybe not to that degree this degree, but uh I just realized that I'm kind of upset about it now that I think about it.
1: Yeah, like the the rest of sports um have woken up to concussions and are being overprotective. Um and I think I think a lot of the Prob- the issues are being levied at uh, Tony Khan because he was the person talking about it and was putting his name on it. Um, I would again question his use of pronouns. Um, I, I but it's hard because he's dealing with a culture that is very much in that vein. You you know you rip both your quadra- quadrilaterals and you could and you finish the match. Yeah. Um, how, what does that do to your knees? What does that do to your ankles? You know, um, is are these wrestlers lucky that they're able to walk in straight lines afterwards? I don't know. I I don't I I don't want you to finish a wrestling match because you think you have to. I stop the match. I don't. I don't. I don't care if it's like oh well he was going to have to leave AEW. It's like now nah, the match was called off. It doesn't count. That wouldn't be fair. And like, we we shouldn't be we shouldn't be kind of comp- kind of lining storyline kayfabe up against like the the health of a guy whose kids were watching. Have you seen the picture of Matt Hardy's kids in like his home cinema? That kind of draws a line under it.
0: Yeah, th- I think that sort of like puts the point on like this overall culture shift in. At the very least, wrestling fandom. Hopefully, other sports. I I would say they're maybe farther along than wrestling fans are, but this culture shift in wrestling fandom, where obviously beforehand it's been done to death by other companies, WWE. Um, the idea of the show must go on, despite mm-hmm. despite anything, including death. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I I would feel that of this current younger wrestling audience, the mindset is changing. I would say that sure the show must go on, but if it's people's health on the line, I mean, I don't think it's a good idea. You and I have both spoken. We've been consistent on the show talking about how we didn't think them doing shows during COVID at the very beginning of this back in March and April was a good idea. Mm -hmm. You know, um, same thing with WWE. Uh we, we we at the very least liked the fact that they were testing people, but uh you know, it, it there's when it comes to AEW, but they're the same vein, like we were still uncomfortable as fans. We were sort of like yeah. should the show go on? Like we understand that there's a money issue in their contract where if they don't go on, they get no money whatsoever besides merch sales. Mm-hmm. Um but it it was really like a thing and i think there's a point to be made about this culture shift where fans don't really want the show to go on if there is a huge issue like someone falling off let's say 10 12 feet in the air onto basically just concrete
1: yeah and like concussions are dangerous like you're probably not familiar with this but there's a guy there's a footballer that got like knee in the head 10 15 years ago goalkeeper uh fractured his skull concussion whatever he then he then wore a skull cap for the rest of his career um every every game he ever played after that like it's it's dangerous and like i i i, I don't know how many wrestlers are. You know if a wrestler needs to wear a skull cap for the rest of his career, does he actually do it or does he just like find a promotion that needs the money badly enough that will let him continue to wrestle even though there's a chance that you know something else might go wrong? I don't know. um it's it's a bit it, it, it's a bit disconcerting, but it also makes you then analyze well these wrestlers are choosing to do this with their body. it's probably quite likely that the whole Um, vocation of being a wrestler in general is shortening your life and doing xyz to your body anyway just look at some of those uh new japan dads, as they're called kind of um walking down to the ring with limited flexibility in their knees it, it kind of makes you question your what are we doing with our lives why are we watching this ryan
0: uh not only new japan dads but have you ever seen new japan put out like a documentary that was sort of like talking about okada a little bit um mm-hmm. he's 32 that documentary where you see him like walking around he is oh, no. he walks around like an old man oh, just dear. in his general life like the mm-hmm. strain of all those omega classic matches yeah. and those epics of just so much strain on his body and you're right i mean and that's the whole thing and I guess we are now, as fans, coming face to face with that of like, pfft, I, it's we, changes. Changes need to be made. Uh, so we'll see how that all goes. We're not just here talking about the crappy parts of All Out. We're here talking about every other match. We're just going to do qu- quick little thoughts about each little match here, Craig. Skipping the pre show, you no know, big things that we we'll really talk about there. But uh, we'll talk about that, and then we'll have a big deep dive into specifically the World Tag Team title match. Some nice graphs put together by Craig uh, some with some additional information kind of looking at their f- previous uh, tag team title reign as a whole. But uh, Just quickly going down this card here and getting some quick thoughts from you and I, Craig, opening up with the tooth and nail match between Big Swole and Dr. Britt Baker where Big Swole defeated Britt Baker in 6 minutes and 18 seconds. Craig thoughts on so i i want to say first that i am very happy that this match was on the the main card because this match has been hyped since was it might have been the pre-pandemic but like right around march this match has been getting hyped up for so this is your longest storyline at the moment deserves to bring the main card not only that but you know let's get at least one more women's match on the main card that would be nice with every all the discussion that's happening on Twitter. Um, in the same vein, I say this: watching this match, I did understand why there was a push to get this on the pre-show. It's, I can, you know, it, it's a cinematic match. We all sort of heard that, and maybe it was like I, I like the fact that it's here, but I can see why they thought that. What were your thoughts on this match, this cinematic match, this tooth and nail match, Craig?
1: Um, scrap it um number one contenders for the women's title instead nyla rose versus Eva Lee. problem solved now you've got representation on the main card they can do a decent match this was not necessary it was fine i enjoyed some of the character moments in it big Swall looked uh, imposing brit baker is brit baker she's always excellent um Reba was running around with a banana skin on her head and some nice slapstick comedy. Some of it was absolute nonsense. Why Why is there a power drill in a dentist's office? It was obviously like, oh, we need a drill. Oh, no, we our dentist won't let us use one of those. They're really expensive. Here's a drill. Okay, then. <laughs> <sighs> it, yeah, yeah, meh, whatever. I, it, it didn't offend me, but it wasn't a great start.
0: Let's Let's make... Brit Baker, someone that we've been pushing as a doctor into like an insane dentist that you don't want to go to her practice. <laughs> <laughs> like in a weird, in yeah, a weird way, is. like devaluing her position as an actual dentist.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so, no, she's
0: just a crazy person. Um, yeah, I and I, I, there's, I, it's one of those things that they were obviously hoping that Brit Baker would be healthy by now. Um, since like back in March, they were like Britt Baker was like see it all out, and then we're like oh okay, well she's not exactly healthy. They're obviously hoping for a match here between <laughs> them two, but it's one of those things that you know if I was if I was Tony Khan if I was one of the any promoter why hope and wait for her to be healed by then? Why risk that gamble when I don't know like like you said let's build up in the next coming weeks a match between Nyla Rose and Ivalice or Nyla Rose Diamante or even extend or push back the um the women's tag team tournament and make the yeah, opening I mean, match you know Diamante and Eva leese versus Britt Baker not Britt Baker um who are those people Brandy Brandy. Who was the other person with Brandy? Ali. Ali. Ah, nightmare. Nightmare family. Uh, so nightmare sisters. Pranches? Yes, nightmare sisters. Um, make that make that the opening match of the show. Make that tag match the opening match of the show. I think that could have been a great spot for for all four of those women, and then a huge moment for Diamante and Eva I think that would be a great moment. And you know, if I was Tony Codd, I would consider even just pushing that hopefully yearly annual tournament back a little bit so you get that in um but i like that idea moving on to the next match it was the young bucks who defeated jurassic express jungle boy and luchasaurus 15 minutes 24 seconds as your proper in-ring opener to the pay-per-view craig thoughts on this match
1: and uh, this is good this is this is how it should have started this is probably how it would have started um, AEW-style speed-based tag team match, lots of offense. Um, Young Bucks with nine double-team moves to two of their opposition, Jurassic Express, 13 tags to six in favor of Young Bucks. They really do push the tag team kind of moniker Um Jurassic Express had to counter the Young Bucks' kind of onslaught of offense with 39 reversals in this 15-minute match, and the Young Bucks were one strike off of 50 again in this 15-minute match. So that's quite some pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is this is this is AEW's bread and butter, and it is fantastic.
0: Yes, it wouldn't be AEW without opening up in the ring with a high octane. Hard hitting tag match um, I thought that I, I would For me this was my personal match of the night um, mm-hmm. I didn't think necessarily That this was a great match but I think what made This match great was uh, One The constant elevation Of How do I say this properly It's not the elevation of the Young Bucks but it's The elevation that the Young Bucks give To their opponents mm-hmm. they, Young Bucks do a great job of making their opponents look great Uh, And conversely, just the storytelling within this match I thought was really great You know, The Young Bucks and their heel tendencies uh, Mm -hmm. Throughout this match Uh, I like this match a lot Uh, I liked just the super kick to Marco Stunt Just Mm -hmm. like getting him out of the way I did say after, I didn't think after the match That would have made this even better for me Is we just go fully into Matt and Nick Jackson turning heel And just have them beat up Marco Stunt after this match. Um, Or even, I think I might have actually said it about their their match on Last Dynamite, which obviously we couldn't have the chance to talk about, but uh, just go full heel and attack Marco Stunt. I think that would be great to get some more feud into this match, more fire into this match. Uh, And you don't have to build that story within just this match, you know, have it coming into it but then also very reminiscent to when Kenny Omega beat down Marco Stunt a month or so ago Uh, I would have enjoyed that a little bit but I can see why they did that they're still leaning towards like the gray area of the Jackson brothers Mm -hmm. so I can see why they're they held off on that but yeah I mean overall I like this match a lot Uh, I don't remember a Canadian Destroyer from Luchasaurus that was disappointing No. Um, but uh, yeah I mean I thought it was fairly good Uh, Let's move on to the 21-man Casino Battle Royale match where Lance Archer defeated everyone. Defeated is a weird way when you're describing a battle royale. Lance Archer won this battle royale. Mm -hmm. Not going to go over the huge names. 21-minute match. 21-minute match, that's a a person per minute. Um, Thoughts on this match, Craig?
1: uh didn't mind it it was fine um did not like that darby allen spot i cringed the whole way through that but suppose that's his own personal autonomy i can't imagine he was pressured into doing that i would guess that he was up for that um will hog hobbs i liked that they shone a spotlight on him that was cool um don't think he did did he do a spine buster i don't think he did you need to see him do a spine buster it's excellent yeah um yeah, um, happy enough. Lance Archer won. Um, I, I don't even. I don't really know who else you could have put it on. Eddie Kingston maybe doesn't feel world title title picture ready. Um, I'd have loved Ray Phoenix or Pentagon to have won, but that would have kind of been a bit of a shock in their booking. They've not been kind of booked at that level. Um, again, Darby Allen could have won him and John Moxley have that thing going although they did just face each other recently Ricky Starks was another one that I saw touted before the match, that would have been interesting um, he, he certainly got something but yeah it it, it, it was a battle royale, I, I don't know how much attention I was paying to it um, I don't have as much complaints as other people uh, do feel sorry for um, Mr. Evan Bourne Matt Seidel whatever he's going for uh, that was a shame
0: what, so that seemed to be a little bit of a conversation on Twitter, not as much as this next match. But Matt sidell what are your thoughts on that whole intro? Do we, <laughs> a lot of people were thought thought it was a a, a funny debut. I saw one person say "Shock Masterish." Um, I I I've seen a lot of people being like, "Oh, that's a mistake. Don't dog on someone for their mistake." What, what was your sort of take on the Matt sidell? Uh, debut
1: i i did laugh like i cringed at first i was like oh like that's gutting etc etc and then i like kind of did chuckle at just how extremely unfortunate it was like you know it's your aew debut i hope it's a debut i so i hope he's sticking around and that'll be really intriguing um yeah i I didn't take a huge amount of pleasure out of it i kind of laughed at the kind of black humor of it all but yeah and i I hope he sticks around i hope we get to see an actual shooting star press from him soon
0: i i will be honest i he he went down he he went up great great debut great pop from the crowd goes Mm -hmm. over knees sean spears in the face great looking knee goes for a shooting star press a move that he's never tripped on slips Mm -hmm. falls uh i thought it was comically hilarious uh i'm very happy that he's okay if he wasn't okay i obviously would not think it's funny but the fact that he appeared to be okay i thought it was the funniest thing to watch (laughs) (laughs) um i i i I legit laughed out loud and and i and i recognize that there's there is that sort of like like you said that always sunny black humor aspect of like this is the guy Uh making his debut and he slips and trips at the very moment but it's just it's so funny it's just it's so like this is like the perfect like mess up of like this going to your big finisher move the move that everyone knows you for and then just slips and falls and it's It's something comical about that. I agree. I wish Matt Seidel sticks around. He's definitely Mm. had connections with the Young Bucks in the past with New Japan, uh, where he was teaming with Ricochet. Uh, I like Matt Seidel a lot. I think he would add a good atmosphere into this promotion if they get get to keep him around. Um, I did pitch on Twitter. I like the idea uh, on this upcoming Dynamite that you just do the match, Matt Seidel versus Sean Spears, and have... Matt Seidel, do the shooting star there? Even if you're not sending him on to do, you know, as a as a full time talent, at least bring him on for one match so that we could see the shooting star press. Mm-hmm. Do it to a Sean Spears who we don't do. Does he? Does it? Is it fine if he gets a loss? Of course. Um, so do is that. It Pro, I don't know. I don't know what's happening with Sean Spears, and I don't seem to care. Have, about you, Sean Spears. have you
1: heard the Have you heard the hand gesture theory?
0: That. Which is there? What's the specific theory?
1: So it's it's um so it's the four horsemen, and instead of doing their their normal four, they've been doing this three fingered thing. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was supposed to be like an F, um, like for fear the whatever their fear the revelation. So it was like an F, but apparently they're saying it's a four with one finger down. Mm -hmm. So it's Dax Cash and Sean Spears who are still around. And then the fourth one isn't there at the moment.
0: That that's what I thought they were gonna that they were doing. But I was wondering if it's Spears because they started doing. The I hope th- it's
1: not because he's crap. Agreed,
0: me. agreed, and that's why I don't care about Sean Spears. But I, I, they started doing the three finger thing when Tully was yeah. introduced. So I was wondering, like, is the third person there Tully?
1: Yeah, which, which I, kind of eliminates a person.
0: Which I was like, that's silly. Unless yeah. they're saying it's Spears, but they've never interacted with Spears. But well, um, he
1: is he is um, Tully's third guy.
0: Which is also true. But then it's like, okay, well then at some point we would have to see Tully and Spears and FTR all in the yeah. same room at some point.
1: Um, I don't think it'll happen until they do the whole thing, though.
0: That was my pitch with the Matt Seidel match is... um matt sidell does the shooting star press but he doesn't get the win because ftr get involved in the match mm-hmm. causing him to lose or conversely i like the idea of getting teased about the shooting star press and have matt sidell go for it but ftr stop him which allows mm. you know stop him from jumping at all sean spears hits him uh and then you know bing bing Bang, boom you got, yeah you got the thing got the bigger reveal it's
1: it's mgf he's he's splitting with wardlow it's mgf
0: yeah, there's some there's something brewing, and I just don't know. I I would love if they just kick if Sean Spears is the red herring. Uh, th- yeah, yeah, me too. Continue thoughts on the battle royal. Lance Archer, I think, is a great pick. I think it really follows the yes. line with his "everybody dies" mantra for him to win this battle mm-hmm. royal. Uh, like Will Hobbs is great. I think Will Hobbs really showed up, and then on this upcoming dark, um, I guess tonight's dark when this episode comes out, he has a, a what appears to be a squash match. It appears he's about to get a win okay. on dark. So that's exciting for Hobbs. I think he did a great job. I would love if the FTW title turns into this big Hoss heavyweight title where Lance mm-hmm. and Hobbs and Hager and Cage all duke it out in and maybe some mm-hmm. other people. Maybe put the put the uh, butcher in there. Uh, that would be interesting. Uh, I did not enjoy the how Eddie Kingston was presented in this match. It felt like he was kind of a chicken shit Huge. heel. Yeah, um, which was frustrating. After the, and I and that was really annoying me during this match that he was using the others. Like we, the first time we see him mm-hmm. is is just this badass who's just destroying Cody, but then here he's you know he's just using other people. I did think after the fact that maybe that's why he was aligning Phoenix and Pentagon and Butcher and Blade was that so that he can use them for this battle royal mm-hmm. to win but that didn't pay off here in any capacity. So who knows?
1: Yeah. I wanted them to come out at the same time.
0: Off all, all five of them.
1: Yeah. I know that's contrived, but I think it would have been like a cool spot.
0: I agree. I think that would have been like a cool moment to have all five out there and they just wreck shop mm-hmm. and just start destroying people that it, it would have been the perfect moment to do it. Cause you have five people coming out. So why not just yeah. put all five? Yeah, exactly. out? I, I agree. Let's move on. We sort of already talked about our thoughts on this match. Broken rules match between Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara. We both didn't like it. We both thought that the it sounds like the bo- both thought that the match should have just ended straight up. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any more thoughts that you have about this match? I mean, I thought the the last spot of pushing Guevara off was kind of cool, but obviously mm-hmm. ruined by everything that happened previously. Uh, I mean, this was a this was a tough one to watch.
1: Yeah, no, I just hope he's all right. Apparently there's even just like the concussion isn't the end of it there's like post-concussion syndrome um yeah no i don't yeah i think i think we've maybe spent enough time um wallowing in misery
0: or even i was gonna say or even if the concussion is real or not because there's dispute Mm. about that Yes. Uh, but I agree. Let's move on to the next match, which is the AEW Women's Title World Title match between Hikaru Shida defeating Thunder Rosa, the NWA Women's Champion in 60 minutes and 57 seconds. Craig, I thought this was a really great match. It's my second favorite match of the night. I thought Thunder Rosa carried this match quite a bit. Uh, I thought you know, I would... Uh, who knows what's going to happen with, you know, NWA continuously. Uh, I know I want to say she has a contract of nwa but i'm who i'm really unsure about their contract clauses i did know that when the pandemic started they asked people if they can get out of theirs i presume thunder rosa stayed obviously if it's possible i want to see thunder rosa back on tnt uh i thought she did really great i think she would be a great thing for the division but thoughts on this match in general craig
1: Yeah, she's great. Absolutely fantastic. Um, Her match against Alison Kaye at the start of the year was really, really good. One of my favorite women's matches of the year. Um, She carried this match, I suppose, in terms of offense. Um, Sheeta was selling a lot for her. Um, Thunder Rosa came out with 71% of the offense in this match, which is huge. Like, that's absolutely massive. Um, Like, a, a big... Like, even getting, like, 58% of the offense is a huge chunk more in your favor. This is, like, you know, she's more than doubled her opponent's offense. 70 strikes compared to 24. Uh, healthy more horse level of offense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a few fouls, five fouls from her compared to zero. The other thing that about her that the numbers don't show that I really liked was her facials, a lot of facials, a lot of attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, her face when she kicked out of the Falcon Arrow at one was yeah. superb, just the kind of um just the, the, the delightful smile at the kind of frustration she w- would believe that she'd caused her opponent there. And um, yeah, it was it was really good. And yeah, i I'd, I'd I'd really enjoy seeing her sticking around.
0: Thunder Rosa getting seventy one percent of the match offense is insane to me. Just going out there, just striking her up. Um, I mean, yeah. Shouts out to Thunder Rosa. Like, like I mean, yeah. She, she's, she's phenomenal. Her that match against Allison K is probably my favorite women's match of the year so far. I have to backtrack and check that out. Mm-hmm. But she's she's an astounding wrestler. Um, she's improved way way more than her Lucha Underground days. And it was nice seeing her come out here and, uh, wrestle. I, 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 I think she held her own, but I think she was a little gassed out probably from the heat a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Thunder Rosa did do a little better her in her performance, but she did still re- maintained her composure a bit. Uh,
1: I think that may have been by design. Um, good point, you know, she gets the exposure on TV, which is how you get the NWA to agree to it. But like, um, they don't just want their champion going over and getting buried by another company's champion. She 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 looked strong. That's perhaps perhaps that was part of the deal.
0: At the very least, if you're going to do that, though, uh, have that have that match against Serena Deeb be a squash match. Just make it even. Hit the hit the point of hit the story of this match between Sheeta and Rosa even harder by having Thunder Rosa squash Deeb last wednesday yeah yeah
1: you could do that you could do that certainly
0: deep I, deep's I, not a contracted talent but it doesn't hurt anybody
1: i suppose the difficulty there is there's a lot of um spotlight on women's use and the time and blah 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 so you're like oh we had a 10 minutes women match on dynamite's semi-main event that sounds quite good um uh, you know 30 second squash um you're you're kind of getting misogynist thrown at you again i suppose
0: yeah, they were in a rock and a hard place by not properly with yeah. booking and giving their your, women your, enough time.
1: Your, your point is valid. I'm just, I suppose that might have been what they were worried about.
0: I know, I 100% agree. I would 100% put money on the fact that that is probably what they were concerned about. Yeah. Ironically, though, this was the match that yeah. you give yeah. 30 seconds to. Yes, uh, I
1: agree.
0: And what I'm what I saying to say is like I think they put themselves into a rock and a hard place situation where yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. they, they, just, they if, properly begin with.
0: yeah, if they if they did it properly to begin with, this wouldn't have been as much of an issue that it was. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. not really a huge issue, but it, it's just like preferred that I think they could have done that better. Um, yeah. yeah. So she, where does she go next? I don't know. I think if I was doing this, you know, come out top on dynamite uh this upcoming wednesday and have a fatal four way number one contender's match for the women's title um why not tournament.
1: do a tournament go do, on do, do a, a do
0: a tournament as well at the very well at the same vein the problem with a tournament is we need we need
1: shit tournament, tournament could be four people for all i care just good point not not another fatal four way
0: um have thunder rosa face another person face big swall mm-hmm. but big swall gets the win over rosa yeah that could be Nyla interesting Rose
1: versus Penelope ford i don't know something like that
0: something like that let's build up let's build someone because we we need to get Sheeta a rivalry because mm-hmm. that is part of the situation is that Sheeta has never really had a big rival in this yeah. promotion to begin with i can't think of one Nyla Rose is there, but really the rivalry stems from just like, oh, she'd have won a bunch of matches. But I there's also an there's asterisk because she won a bunch of Brett. matches because Nyla Rose wasn't wrestling during the pandemic.
1: Yeah. There was the Britt Baker thing, I suppose, during the pandemic. That was really good.
0: Yes. Uh, but, even, but even then, then Britt Baker gets injured, and then that yeah. flies out the window again.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so it, we need to... Find a way to give Sheeta an actual storyline, and I think that would help Mm -hmm. a lot more. I think that's also kind of what hurt a lot of this stuff. They were obviously trying to figure out this NWA angle for a while, but get it done sooner. I don't know. We need a storyline of the women's division, and all all of that was on Britt Baker and Swall, who Britt Baker was still injured. Mm So, yeah, hundred percent. Moving on to the eight-man tag team match, The National Nightmares, Dustin Rhodes and QT, Marshall, Mark, Matt Cardona, and Scorpio Sky defeating Colt Cabana and the Dark Order, Evil Uno, Mr. Brody Lee, and Stu Grayson uh, with, of course, uh, celebrity Dark Order uh, member. Uh, shit, forgot his name, so the, I lost the joke, Sinbad. lost the bit. Sinbad, there we go. Damn it, I lost the bit completely. Anyways, eight-man tag team match craig thoughts on this one
1: forgot this happened um it was fine. <laughs> interesting story development and um, the action in the ring wasn't as good as i thought it might be you've got some good workers in there you could have had one of those um overly convoluted tag team matches that they like to do but that didn't really happen but this the story was good Brody lee doing his lurking around telling people what to do thing and then the colt cabana thing at the end of course was really interesting
0: Agreed. I the storytelling is really here what made this match great. Um it was pushing along the idea of Cole Cabana, uh getting berated finally by Brody mm-hmm. Lee, but then at the same time getting like comfort from Evil Uno.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was strange.
0: Which I, I it was strange, but I liked it cuz then it's mm-hmm. it's the whole thing about Dark Order is that these people are rejected, but Cole mm-hmm. Cabana has never felt rejected necessarily he was just upset that he kept losing um so that's how they bring him in so now we need to get him rejected but get the embrace of the rest of the dark Order. so it's kind of like that sort of culty mentality i guess um we and we all know we had to see it eventually happen i like the idea also that dustin wrote to get the pin so we move along to the tnt title match next uh next dynamite which i think would be great uh hopefully
1: yeah yeah i thought it would be great
0: Matt Cardona was here.
1: Um, (laughs) He didn't do anything. He was bad.
0: I don't remember a single spot of Matt Cardona's. He had he had a
1: very short hot tag where kind of kind of came in, ran about a bit, and didn't do a huge amount. He he, he beat a at one point. I
0: think probably like on Stew or something.
1: Yeah, wasn't very good.
0: He was basically just there to do a hot tag, and that was it.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't know why. I don't I don't do you want to see Matt Cardona stay in this promotion? I guess that would be the the topic point from this match.
1: I no, don't, I don't even know if he's going to get an impact contract at this stage and everybody gets an impact contract.
0: <laughs> oh wait, so so it's not not WWE, not AEW, not Impact. If there's nothing happening in America, maybe he needs to go overseas. That's right. Matt Cardona in the G1 Climax 30. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes when we realize that Yujiro um, might not be that bad
0: <laughs> fine then I'll at least take Matt Cardona versus Toro Yano over the uh, king of pro no. wrestling title
1: might be where he belongs <laughs> moving he on comes as, he comes across as a nice guy I feel bad
0: he does and and I don't want to dunk on the guy too much but it is like
1: it's been a weird run
0: at the end of the day, he is just a mid At like I, you take him out of you take him out of WWE, put him here, and it's like mm. the same. And yeah, maybe it's because he's not contracted, so why push him that much? But like,
1: I don't know if he cares anymore.
0: He's been wrestling for quite a long time. Yeah. Let me see how long has he been wrestling for. He's thirty five years old, wrestling uh, for sixteen years. Wow, well, he's got a whole toy media empire. Yep. I, don't know, I can I I don't see him I don't see him getting a world title shot in any company for a while.
1: No. Well, maybe Impact.
0: Maybe Impact, but still, I mean, I could see it. The problem is, is that if the moment he goes to Impact is the moment he teams with Myers, mm-hmm. unless they start with a feud or whatever. But I don't want to see that. Uh, We'll skip the AEW World Tag Team title match because we'll circle back around for when we get a deep dive. Moving on to the Mimosa Mayhem match. It's Orange Cassidy defeating Chris Jericho in 15 minutes and 2 seconds. Oh boy. Craig, thoughts on this one?
1: Right. Um, (laughs) Chris Jericho has been getting a lot of praise and quite rightly so. I think his heart is in the right place here and he obviously wants to get Orange Cassidy over. I'm about as uninterested in Orange Cassidy as I have ever been. And I loved him. Which is interesting.
0: Interesting past tense there.
1: Like, can... So he's been overexposed, and I think that's diminished his character. Um, The, the, the laziness aspect of his character has been... Diminished as well. I think he's been yeah. like just more of a wrestler, and like his his match against Pac was superb. It was absolutely excellent. Yep. But I I, I can't even remember his first match against Jericho. I, I I don't know. I I think this has been a failure. Um, to be honest, which is a shame because I liked what they were trying to do.
0: And I don't want to name point fingers but i mean chris jericho i think messed this up he 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 is out he has the right intention in trying to push orange cassidy and make him a bigger star and you know if you look at the ratings it's hit or miss and you can (laughs) say that orange cassidy is the only person that chris jericho has lost ratings on In terms of feud, but at the end of the day, is is it just Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho doesn't match? Is it just Chris Jericho didn't have a good one here? Like, is it the pandemic? I I I don't know what it is, but at like, this didn't work between the first match being kind of good, the second match Chris Jericho botching the finish, and Mm -hmm. this third match just being a weird. I don't even know how to describe it. Kind of like an Inferno match, but with Mimosa.
1: (laughs) I didn't mind the match. Um,
0: I did not like the match at all. I hated this match. I hated watching it. But go on, go on.
1: I I, kind of liked the kind of idea of Jericho shoving his head into the Mimosa, kind of being a factor in the match. Mm -hmm. I didn't hate the match. I'm just, I'm bored of Orange Cassidy now. And that is really not something that i saw coming
0: in a weird way chris jericho trying to push orange cassidy as a serious content contender caused orange cassidy to lose all the aspects for you <clears throat> and me that made yeah. him interesting
1: it, essentially yes and they, they need to reboot him
0: yeah which it's it's very ironic because chris jericho's like let's make this guy serious and, and yes. he means something he's out there to make business and then it's like oh but well now he's just a guy
1: yeah, yeah, he's and wrestling. he's good at he's good at wrestling, but the cap the and there were some amazing parts of this. Like the debate was really good, so I really liked the debate. Um, the the waterboarding was awful. Um, the the hitting which, him t- with which the bar-
0: waterboarding I, there was like three or four. I feel the like
1: one, the upside down one I didn't like. Um, the the hitting him with the bag of oranges was hilarious.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, the the dropping the orange juice was a bit you know it's been it's been it's been very harmless it's
0: been a mixed bag of oranges if you will uh moving right along into the aew world title match it was john moxley who ended up defeating mjf asterix on that according to mjf (laughs) because he defeated him with the band paradigm shift 23 minutes and 42 seconds craig uh, I think same similar vein where they were pushing for story momentum coming out of this, but uh, on the match itself, any stats wise, anything that was really popping out of here?
1: Um, so I mean, not stats, but I was slightly disappointed um, that um, we didn't see a different finish from Moxley. I was quite quite interested to see if he'd pull out something new or tap him out or something. But well, a minor criticism there. Um, In in terms of the match, it was 53 to 47 in terms of percentages. Um, Moxley, 51 strikes, 24, whereas um, MGF with a 100-second submission advantage. So they were coming from very different directions. Um, Eight pins to 15 in MGF's MGF's favor there. Um, MGF with 14 fouls to nine from Moxley. So, you know. Um, MJF going for the pins and fouling to get there, um, but Moxley not afraid to pull some um, underhanded tricks out of his back pocket either. Um, yeah, statistically, the match had an interesting story.
0: Do you think um, MJF should have won the title here?
1: No, no, I think it's too soon.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think this is the, the this is the kind of match that's like. We're raising him into main event status, mm-hmm. but he's not yeah. there yet. We're slowly still building him yeah. there.
1: Have have him feud with Wardlow and see if he can get that over. And I think he will. Um, also, it's it's got to be it, 2021 needs to be Kenny Omega reigning supreme as the champion.
0: Agreed. And then you're going to have maybe Adam Page win it from Omega and then MJF yeah. win it from Adam Page.
1: Yeah, Which that might even be that might even be the sequence of winners that i have in my article that i wrote about that
0: there we go um what was my other point i wanted to say from here uh i i thought the build to this match was pretty crappy um i didn't necessarily like i didn't necessarily like the presidential stuff from ng mjf i was like just go out there my dude i think it's you don't have to do you, ra- you don't have to wrap put wrapping paper on this whole thing just make it that i've never been pinned but then even then coming into this match you know the paradigm shift is is banned that is confusing because as we've seen in the past two matches with hager Mm -hmm. and brody lee uh moxley has tapped well not tapped out but you know used a submission as the last move Mm -hmm. in those matches um so why ban the paradigm shift in the first place when we've have a history knowing that oh in the past couple of title defenses he's used a submission hold um and then conversely the commentary pointing this out mjf is working the arm to make it hard to use the paradigm shift who why he's banned why is it why work the arm to begin with i don't was understand an
1: actual call did they say that J- jim ross said it <laughs> oh it was for the arm bar
0: yeah and i and someone mentioned that i was like mjf submission yeah. is an, an arm bar it's the salt of the earth arm bar yeah which is a great is a, is a point i know i i agree with that mjf is using it for the arm bar but then why not just make that the story of the match mm-hmm. why not I
1: think, I think it was i think jr was just you know whatever whatever was up with jr
0: I, I agree that it was the story of the match, but I'm saying drop the whole banning the paradigm oh, shift sure. and mm-hmm. just make yeah. it I'm going to tap you out not only am I going to mm-hmm. pin you, I'm going to tap you out I'm going to put you in the arm bar uh, the thing I've won many of ma- my matches with mm-hmm. uh, which will wear down your paradigm shift, don't ban the move just wear it down and th- th- that's interesting, and then there's a spot where Moxley tries to go for the paradigm shift and MJF reverses it into like the arm bar or whatever, just you know and then you have Moxley pushing through a injured arm to win the title or retain the title, but then also going through the pain of a constant arm bars from NJF to make Moxley look even tougher, and NJF to look like a threat. I don't know. I don't, yeah, what, do no, I, what do I know about booking?
1: No, that makes a lot of sense. You know, the... I mean, Moxley isn't dependent on the paradigm shift. Um, it, Yeah, logically, it doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, well... I like. I am interested where MJF and Wardlow go moving forward. It doesn't look great. I just saw a tweet saying that and uh, M- from MJF saying that Wardlow might be better to join Dark Order instead. And I was like, "Ooh, MJF!" Um, it just did. I think an MJF Wardlow feud could happen. And then on the other horizon, in however long I forget when it happened last year, the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royale where you won, mm-hmm. where you, where MJF won that ring. Mm-hmm. Um that's happening in a couple months. Uh so mm-hmm. if if you do Wardlow, then you can then go into the dynamite ring. So you know, Yeah, that's interesting. There's something there. So he's going to have he has things to keep him to tide him over. Um for in the meantime, if he wants to keep that ring he uses as a weapon so much um well then there we go let before we that's the whole card but we're going to double back like i said to the aew world tag team title match we have the actual match breakdown here which we'll be discussing here craig ftr title change baby cash wheeler and dax harwood defeat adam page kenny omega in 29 minutes and 37 seconds we got a match breakdown. If you wanted to view this, you can always go to the link down below it Takes you to ProWrestlingMusings.com to check it out there. Or, of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're seeing it right now. But if you want to see it in the future, you can always go over to Hit the Books podcast on YouTube to see video versions of this podcast. Craig, thoughts on this match? Thoughts on the stats breakdowns of this match?
1: Yeah, so obviously this is new. Um, usually when we do tag team breakdowns, it is um, like a singles one, except there's a couple extra categories. Um, and the, the t- both tag team members attack just goes into the, the same kind of their team scores. Whereas this is broken down. Um, you can get the team scores by adding them up. No, I'm not going to do that for you. I'm sure you can manage yourself. Um, yeah, it's, so there, it's probably quite a busy picture, but um, you can see what each man did for his team in this match and there are some really interesting things that it highlights and the most obvious one is Dax Harwood is the only man out of the three that used submissions in this match and he did two minutes and three seconds worth of submissions his tag team partner Cash Wheeler did no submissions and neither did Kenny Omega or Adam Page and the other thing that sticks out is that Kenny Omega almost used as many strikes himself as Cash and Dax did together. He was only behind the two of them combined by five strikes. Um the other thing that jumps out is the amount of fouls. And um, they differentiated the teams in very babyface heel uh, roles here. One foul to twelve. Uh, the 12, of course, being from FTR. However, interestingly, um, Kenny Omega with seven taunts. Three from Page, two from Cash, zero from Dax, who is obviously too busy doing submissions. So Kenny Omega was quite confident here um, when you think of everything that happened afterwards. That, that does seem interesting. Uh, and the other big headline from this match is the, the kind of teamwork statistics. Um 15, that's not what those numbers say. Um, 19 tags and 19 double teams from Cash and Dax compared to eight tags and eight double teams from Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page. So that's kind of really interesting, um, the kind of severity of the uh, difference in kind of teamwork maneuvers.
0: Yeah, I looking at this right off the bat, I, I love Dax's... Which I believe is the bald one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. His qu- impact on this match, like if I had to say who, if you could maybe be like who who led which team, Dax definitely feels like you know nine fouls, six pin attempts, 123 seconds of submissions. Um, definitely feel like he went out there and really tried to destroy his other team.
1: i um, Can- sorry, I'm going to cut in because I've made a mistake Uh-oh. here. <laughs> um. So, on the graphic, and I might have already fixed this on another graphic um it's so I've said it's eight and nineteen and then eight and nineteen again, and um, double teams were seven and seven, so the tags were eight and nineteen as it says, but the double teams were even at seven and seven, so it's still still more or less tells the same story. Sorry, uh, I've cut across your very smart and intelligent thoughts
0: uh, if you were confused, there you go, it's seven seven for the double teams. Which is very interesting that that's still even even there. Uh, mm. Tags being 819, I think that's very apparent. You know, that's that sort of Southern style of constant tagging, making sure yeah. you have your opponent on your side of the ring. Um, I like that a lot. Uh, when you were talking about the ta- taunts, that Omega could have been very confident. Going back to, I believe it was when we had Rob on, talking about the taunt sort of ideas. That idea mm-hmm. of, like, could it be confidence or could it be the idea... No, was it Rob? I don't remember. It might have been you. I don't I don't don't remember actually.
1: It was Rob. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Uh maybe it's it could maybe not be confidence, but rather trying to motivate yourself to be confident. Mm. Like the, the idea yeah. of like this is a fake thing that I'm gonna try to do to drown the noise of Paige, I guess. Uh well, Kenny
1: does that as he comes out as well, so that's true. probably quite a true thing.
0: Um strike downs being from omega and page are very interesting to me the fact that not only they strike stroke strike strike oh my god my brain exploded um not only do they strike have more strikes than ftr um Mm -hmm. they their strike downs are just insanely their strike down right is insanely better than them um but at the end of the day For FTR, it's not about striking down And hitting your opponent really hard It's about double teams It's about tagging it out Making sure you have more control of the match If you're looking at the, I guess, flow of offense Let's look at the tide changes Not the five-minute periods one Um, You can sort of see Well, no, we'll go to the five-minute periods one Because they have the mixed number there You can Mm -hmm. see that, like, FTR They're not really in control the entire match But they're consistent Which, to me, when I view these things i feel like it's people who are more consistent with their flow of offense than being all over the place like Paige and omega are uh, that really leads to victories the consistency is key to me
1: okay yeah yeah um we we do hear that we do see that quite a lot i suppose with um somebody I see a lot of like um, somebody just outlasted their opponent or somebody rose and then fell quite hard
0: mm-hmm. yeah I, and I in it, that aspect of like figuring out I mean even if you're looking at this just looking at the page and omega thing you can see that like they are going down it's it's up and down up and down across the board but if there was that sort Trending of
1: downwards, yeah.
0: yeah if there was that trend line you can just see it like oh that is a decline as they're going
1: uh, and you would you would certainly see an incline from conversely from you know um that, that the blue the blue opposition there is is trending in the upwards uh, direction.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um is there any other points I really like to make i want to shout out that submission times five seconds, mm-hmm. really not blowing out the graph. Yes. Uh visually. Yeah, I mean I thought this match was pretty good. I it's very interesting that the double teams that It's very interesting to me that FTR's tags were at uh, 19, but their double teams was only at seven, where Mm -hmm. Page and Omega, when they tagged, they typically would use a double team maneuver.
1: Yeah, Page and Omega do a lot of, like, striking double teams Mm -hmm. um, as well as their kind of bigger ones, whereas um, Dax and Cash kind of are, they're, they're, they're they're kind of tagging and going in and out more. Um, it's more of a kind of merry-go-round effect rather than um, a lot of tag teams use tags to get them both in the ring. Uh, they do do that, but they're they're also they're also using it to they they might do two or three in quick succession. Um, so yeah, um, but it, it is an interesting point that they're not taking adv- advantage of that ten count. Um, I mean they are 7 still qu- quite a lot but it's certainly not on the same level as their um, 19 tags.
0: yeah so that's that's very interesting to me is that you're right it is more of a merry-go-round let's just have control of the whole situation but yeah, sh- yeah. do you think they sh- I mean it's hard to say like I was going to say like should they take advantage of having those 10 seconds more often um, and then I was just like well no I mean they're, they won the titles, so I guess it doesn't because <laughs> whatever if it works it works you know if it gives you the titles it gives you the titles
1: so 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 like for example um re- there's a reversal a tag uh then the reversal i think to keep hold of the man dax comes in hits a grapple um and then tags out again and cash comes in and hits a grapple uh, according to my scribbles, so like they are—they're not—they're—they're they're just not using as high a percentage of a double team moves per tag as um, Kenny Omega and Adam Page were.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of all those numbers, let's take a look back at their—I guess their previous title reign. I'm not—I'm not, I'm not going to say current title reign. the previous title reign. Um, you put to get together some graphs here as well, Craig. Some supplementary graphs where you're sort of looking at their performance in this match compared to their overall average across their title mm-hmm. 11 match title reign i want to say um uh also comparing the first couple matches in the title reign and their last couple matches i think it was like five and six uh-huh. five or five something like that
1: yeah so um what we've got is um their so it's kind of it's kind of all of Page and Omegas. It, it's very similar to what you did with Cody, except um, well, no, it's just very similar. Uh, so what I've done here is I've got their kind of average numbers from their whole title range. so um, to give an idea of how Page and Omega tend to perform in a tag team match for the title. Um, I then came across the kind of the numbers were saying that. It seemed that for the first half of their title reign, they were kind of dysfunctional underdogs. Um, and then for the second half, they became kind of dominant champions. And um, I came to that conclusion because their match offenses were uh, 54%, 41%, 39%, 43%, and 49% for their first five title matches. And then it went up to 63, 59, 58, and 61. So I then got averages for their first five matches and averages for their latest four matches to kind of, um, we've got their average performance for when they were dysfunctional and their average performance for when they were back to, when they were kind of, when they developed into a properly good team. And then the fourth, so if you've got the graph in front of you, red for total average, blue for the beginning of their title reign average, green for the second half of their title reign average, and then the purple one is for uh, their their performance against uh, FTR. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what you will notice by looking at the graphs is that for a lot of the time, uh, the purple one's actually the lowest. Um, however, I'm going to caveat that by there's also the match, um, the match percentage, the total offense, uh, 52% against FTR. Average is 52%. Forty-five um, percent at the beginning of their reign and sixty percent at the end of their reign. So this was very much a middling performance from Page and Omega, closer to their dysfunctional beginning of their reign, which makes sense based on what's been going on. Or it could be just be because of the strength of FTR's performance. Um, but yeah, when you look at the the breakdown, um, the things that stick out to me is they were doing more strikes and more submissions when they were more dominant with a slight little bit extra from grapples um, as well. Um, and yeah, in this match, they were still doing a lot of strikes, but they were certainly missing uh, the submissions. Um, they certainly didn't do as many strikes as they would usually do. They outstruck FTR, but um, it was their their um, strike kind of per hour rates against FTR was lower than even their average for the beginning of their reign. So um, yeah, they, they, they underperformed due to dysfunction or just FTRs. um in-ring acumen is for uh, the watchers interpretation, but yeah, um, the wheels have well and truly come off.
0: I really like that point that their numbers are most similar to the first half of their title reign. Mm-hmm. Um, which not only they were dysfunctional, but they were not defending the titles for three months.
1: A quick caveat that just popped into my head. Um, Part of the reason that a lot of the FTR numbers um, are slower, so on the graph with all the strikes, downs, grapples, comparison, the reason that that will be lower is because this was an almost 30-minute match. Um, As matches go longer, and this is true across kind of like any wrestling company, um, per hour rates of offense go down um, in a 15 minute tag match. It's they, um, let's say in a 50, 15 minute tag match, they will do like 50 moves. Um, in a 30 minute tag match, they might do about 70, 80. Um, and instead of it being doubled like the time up to 100, it's because as the matches go longer and they start to sell the effects of the match more, There's there's more selling, more struggling to their feet that kind of thing. So that's why um, it looks like it's a really poor performance from this. So I would point more to the uh, the match offense comparison where you've got this being like a middling performance. It's it's better than the beginning of their title reign in terms of how much they dominated the match. And they did slightly dominate the match, 52% compared to 48 for FTR. But, when uh, Page and Omega were at their kind of um, dominant champions' best in the four matches, um, the I'll um, hold on. Where's my thing? Uh, the four matches against Best Friends, Private Party, Dark Order, and Jurassic Express. They averaged sixty percent of the offense in, this, in those matches, compared to forty-five percent in the matches that preceded those. Um, here it was 52%, which is the same as their average across their title reign, but um, certainly not one of their stronger performances. And against FTR, uh, yeah, not not good enough.
0: Also, what i like to point out is that that first half of their title reign of SCU versus Nightmares, the Young Bucks matches in there. So yeah. I like the idea that like the comparison to the Young Bucks... That that mm-hmm. comparison of how do they do compared to the Young Bucks, which was another great match. I want to see if I can. Just... It
1: was also their worst match.
0: The what? The Young Bucks match?
1: Uh, yeah, from a from a kind of um, examining their performance, they got 39 percent of the offense in that match.
0: 39 <laughs> mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. I'm trying to see if I can like pull up real quickly. The that card, that revolution. Nope, nope, nope. Come on, computer. No, okay, I didn't have it. Um it's gonna have to take a longer deep dive to find that stat those graphs. But yeah, that that idea that like that match is in that first half as well. That sort of this match sort of compares to that level. Of course it's an average, so it's a little bit skewed a little bit, but there is that comparison as well that um I mean it's it, they were just it's close to it, but they were still, that was still the worst performance and they were still one here yet. They lost here. Like, do you, I get, it's really hard to tell, especially when I was putting through that Cody article, but like trying to come up with the ideas of like, what, what do you think, uh, either Omega and page did wrong here, or did they not do enough of what what would be your sort of take on that?
1: Um, yeah. So they, they started to use submissions more, um, as we went along, um if you there's a really good article on progressingmusings a preview article for uh, for this this card. and on it, um the previous nine matches uh, that they were involved in title matches, um essentially, they've stayed steady for dives and grapples, but they started to use more. Uh, submissions, um, as time went on and as they became more dominant, they certainly started to use more strikes, and less reliant on strike downs. Um, their teamwork statistics were going up as well, more tags and more um, more tags and more um, oh, where are my words? Double teams, and their match offense was also going up as well. Um, so they they just they just they didn't perform um, at their best. Um, which you know you can't you can't do against um the the kind of arguably best tag team in AUW.
0: Yeah
1: yeah it's just I, I it's you you have to point to all the drama being a big part of that. Um hangman page came into this match completely changing his at- attire as almost like some kind of knee to Kenny Omega that he was taking the tag team more seriously. Um Michael Sidgwick talks about how. Um, Page was wearing long, long trunks for this, which is something he never does, um, to perhaps be more like Kenny Omega. He was the one that was doing the high 10, come on, I'm I'm all in now, man, I'm sorry, let's do this. Um, Too little, too late, I think was how that was received by um, Kenny Omega.
0: Agreed. 100% agreed. I really like this match. I thought this was, well... This match had the potential and it was kind of depressing how it fizzled out to be, but I, for what it was and the story moments that it brought, I liked, I think it's memorable in that sense. I think Mm -hmm. if this match, if the, if the temperature in the room was not over a hundred degrees and the Mad Hardy thing did not happen, I think this entire thing would have been better well-received. Mm -hmm. hard to gauge that because we're talking alternate universes here um but I I, I don't know I think this match would have been better well received if if that was the case and looking at the stats wise I don't see why it wouldn't be I I think this would have been a very entertaining match to watch I think it's I think it's just the cards they were dealt were incredibly difficult
1: Mm. yeah I've, I've, I've seen it suggested that it was too long that it was uh A live crowd match in a kind of not really properly live crowd era Um, New Japan certainly seemed to have learned from that, they were going, they were pushing some of their matches to like 30-35 minutes um, Dominion um, New Japan Cup final and it's just it it was just like this really painful slog Um, at Summer Struggle, the matches were, the bigger matches were kind of hitting maybe the mid-20s Um, so yeah they they seem to they seem to have responded and fixed things and what what the world will be like in November come full gear and the next pay-per-view I I, I hope they don't have a huge amount more people in that building I really don't see the situation in America being much different and so yeah you would hope that they maybe start finding a bit more of like a solution of how to put on a pay-per-view kind of kind of maximizing your kind of pay-per-view matches with for for you know the the current situation
0: agree i i don't know how i guess point by point yeah this, was this match really long i think in the covid era i think any match of more than 15 minutes is a little bit too long
1: mm. uh you 29, to... 29 minutes 37 seconds so it was essentially half an hour
0: it was uh, i just did the math in my head 29 seconds shorter than their revolution match. Oh, against really? The young bucks, no. young bucks okay. match was 30 minutes and six seconds,
1: uh, right? Okay, well, um, yeah, for me, this was too long. Um, I, I have an enjoyment to length ratio, that, but, that's the, but that's the question why,
0: why did this match feel too long compared to the revolution match? Which didn't I, I? I don't, it don't think it did, good. yeah, it wasn't good. I it wasn't good, the crowd wasn't like. Tired, the crowd was insanely tired. Uh, mm-hmm. I've heard many people tweeting who were at the event, being like, I it's hard to breathe, hard to yell, hard to do keep mm-hmm. this up because it's really okay. hot right yeah. now. Uh, um, yeah, I
1: mean, I can I can watch I can watch Omega Okada for 70 minutes and really enjoy it, and yeah. um, because it's a good match. And um, if you if you give if you dare give me evil Naito in a 60 minute draw. I will never watch your product again Gato <laughs>
0: never I guess it also brings up a good point is that it was this match long because of the outside aspects or was this match was this match bad because it was too long and because of all the outside aspects or was it just badly put together?
1: oh I see um I mean like was it was it extended because of other things being cut short
0: that's also a good point I never I didn't think no, about that sorry. but...
1: Well, that was the point you were making <laughs>
0: no it wasn't but that is a great point because i imagine hardy guevara probably would have gone longer let's say maybe 10 mm-hmm. minutes could this match just have gotten extra time i don't know that's a that's an idea yeah. these are the people you would probably give it to
1: well yeah yeah maybe that's jericho the thing.
0: maybe and moxley um, yeah
1: I'm probably here
0: second point being will america be back in time by november were that when we were trending upwards in july and august that seems to have died down now by time end of august september rolled around so things are looking better over here in that sense but in the same vein we're talking november we're talking you know things can rapidly change here uh in a number of weeks i imagine in two to three weeks time the case numbers in Georgia and most of the Southern, I was going to say territories, Southern States in America are probably going to shoot up because of Labor day weekend. Mm. Um, you know, it, it will November be better. I don't think so. You know, we're now talking the cold. So we're talking flu season starting up as well. I have heard Tony Khan say that they do, they are able to go to an indoor arena
1: yeah, he's choosing to keep it there.
0: But I can see why he's choosing to keep it there. It's probably yeah. it's way cheaper, and it should be if it can be, I doubt I I doubt if they're able to go indoors, they will even be able to have fans.
1: Yeah, but like it's also ventilation.
0: That's also true. That's also true. There's also the aspect, the same vein of it being super hot here. What happens when it's mm-hmm. uh, in the forty degrees and they're and they're wrestling out there? You know it's it's 40 degree Florida weather but it's uh yeah, yeah. I know I know for you your Scotland bones 40 degrees isn't too bad probably but uh 40 degrees in Florida is what, definitely what? definitely cold I don't know
1: what metric we're talking about
0: Oh yeah uh celsius uh 40 degrees Fahrenheit to celsius is 4 degrees celsius
1: Oh right okay so cold Um yeah you can oh, I don't I played football, on that it's fine They'll manage.
0: <laughs> fair enough uh, well there we go that's all the time for us today folks we've gone through reviewed all out for you uh, if you want more content like this of course you can subscribe to this podcast feed or you can also go to prowrestlingmusings.com you got a bunch of articles uh, like we said there's a link to the bottom for this specific for some of these match stuff whether it be on twitter whether it be on the articles on the website themselves you can find all that at pro wrestling musings or going to twitter account at pro wrestling musings or craig's twitter account at craig pw musings well first was at pw musings then it's at (laughs) craig pw musings and if you like to throw me a follow and give my ramblings about what's happening in the world of wrestling uh then go over to at hit the books pod on twitter um craig anything else anything you need to plug
1: um, not really, no. Um, if you have subscribed to the fantasy league, and you're, you're probably ahead of me, uh, that did not go well for me. Um, but yeah, there's, there's. Um, you should be able to find that on the website now if you want to check out uh, your points totals. But no, that's um, that's about it, I believe. I think we might be having some kind of Mexican wrestling coverage coming on the website. Um,
0: so what? That might be
1: an- um Yeah, some. Um, so somebody approached me about um using um the kind of the kind of format for some kind of mexican wrestling and um somebody else wanted to write about mexican wrestling so i've mar- i've kind of like been you know, a bit of a matchmaker and they're potentially going to come up with something um, and yeah I'm interested be interesting
0: in i'm interested in that go okay. check that out i want to drop some folks
1: yeah cmm cmll thing was on at the weekend
0: ah ah uh well again uh if you like what we do here subscribe if you like what we, also what we do here leave a review we would greatly appreciate that especially on that new we did we we still have the show airing on the hit the book podcast feed but we have a separate wws rss feed um so you can go over uh we have our own separate thing for just wrestling and statistics if you don't mind going to making sure to leave a review there um, that those first couple of reviews in the first like month or so of a podcast being out are very important, so uh, even more important than people realize. So it's hard to, hard to describe and real quickly in an outro format, but uh, very important. So if you don't mind going over to the separate Wrestling of Statistics RSS feed, slap a subscribe on that uh, and leave a review. We would greatly appreciate that. Um, I plug the Twitters, I uh, plug the YouTube again. It's Hit the Books Podcast. If you want to see the video version of this moving forward, you can subscribe over there. Um, I think that's it that I can all think of. Well, th- again, thank you everybody for listening to this week's episode of Hit the Books. Will be not hit the books. God dang it! I hit the books on the brain. Thank you everybody. Thank you everybody for this. Fuck. Thank you everybody. <laughs> thank you everybody for listening to this week's episode of Wrestling At- Statistics. We'll be back. <laughs> Don't you dare. That was take three, and I'm using it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of Wrestling and Statistics. We'll be back all next week for another episode. Until then, goodbye! Professional.